Welcome to Exploring the Metaverse, where we explore the depths of virtual and augmented reality in the ever-expanding metaverse and how that applies to regular people. In today's episode, we speak with CEO of Portion.io, Jason Rosenstein, who represents a 21st century blockchain-based auction house of digital NFTs. And Portion was one of the few companies that paid a whopping seven-figure sum for virtual land in decentral land. This interview absolutely blew my mind. I think it's going to blow yours too. Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy. So yeah, thank you very much for joining me. First of all, it really is an absolute honor to to get to speak with individuals such as yourself who have, you know, such direct, direct action, you know, in this in this upcoming and I think just really future moving industry. And I, I say that in sort of a general sense. I mean, we talk about the metaverse and we talk about these things. And I, I really believe that those concepts are still being defined. Um, but tell us about yourself and tell us how you found yourself in the direction of uh, being the CEO of an, you know, an NFT development platform and marketplace and just sort of what, uh, what your background is. Cool. Well, thank you. Um, very briefly, um, I've, I've always been involved with technology. I got involved with Bitcoin in 2011. I was just fascinated by what it can do for the financial world. And I started my first company where we were selling turnkey mining machines. And then it evolved, kind of the space evolved from what it can do for the finance world to what it could do with data. And that meant storing data on chain. And then, of course, that evolved into Ethereum and smart contracts. And Portion really started in 2016, initially in an effort to verify and track provenance and authenticity of physical art. Um, but I got involved with some early stuff, crypto arts, um, rare Pepe projects, specifically yeah. creating creating these pieces, which, you know, man, at the time, they weren't called NFTs. That, that really didn't come until much later. It was just simply crypto art and being able to put a piece of artwork, digital artwork directly on the blockchain and verify Absolutely. it. It's fascinating, you know? And so artists were able to use this technology you know, channel their creativity into a token form and then instantly be able to monetize it. So it's mainly for for artists, for people who are creating creating unique works? That's correct. Unique pieces of, of digital artwork that can be placed, um, you know, it, it, essentially a receipt on the blockchain and, and the work can be stored on, um, we call it, it's, it's, it's generally known as IPFS, which is, a layer of data storage across the world to keep everything redundant and fault tolerant. That is, that is the goal of the NFT. I, I think that's fantastic. And I definitely completely comprehend that concept of that shared ledger amongst all of the users on the blockchain. Um, and I, I think that there's still, you know, going to be a lot of learning for many, many people, you know, everyone included really, but as this technology evolves, I think that right now though, Personally, my perception from from here in where I live here in Canada is that NFTs are somehow dangerous and prone to hacking and prone to fail. Um, like I, I see this bright future, but I think there's a big challenge, a big hurdle right now in that aspect. And what are you and Portion doing to to protect the consumer, to protect that end user, um, and to you know to continue to push this forward? Well, it, it's a really valid concern regarding the security and and the reason or at least one of the reasons 
why um, the blockchain was great and is great for financial transactions is because the user who holds the keys holds their finance, right? So essentially you're in your own control. You have your own keys. There's no intermediaries. There's no bank. There's no central control. It's decentralized. And so if you lose those keys, you lose access to all of your funds. And in this case, you lose your NFTs too. So what we do and the best we can do, because we don't hold any keys on behalf of users, that's really important for us. Um, What we do is we've written some blog posts. We've shared this information with the community of, of how to properly store their keys so that they can't be hacked because it, it can happen. You know, you, somebody can click on a funny link and that can open up something that looks like their wallet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and Just then like somebody um, can break into your house and steal your watch. I mean, it, it's, there's always an onus on the individual as well. Who's participating in any particular activity to participate in a manner that's responsible and, and congruent with the needs of, of, of this particular action, which is, you know, this crypto related NFT process, right? Exactly. And it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, while you have complete control of your finance, on the other hand, if you lose that control, well, you know, it's, there's really not much that can be done because it's totally decentralized. Unless you have a lot of money and you're a celebrity and you can get someone to sell you back your, uh, your, your ape, if he may have gone astray. Yeah, that and that has happened. I'm sure you've seen of, of things like that in the past where, where that's occurred. You know, if you have a, a large enough influence and you can get to the person somehow who hacked your material, then Everything yeah. Everything has a price. Exactly. So now let's, I mean, I because to me, I think this is really an inevitable push towards future ownership as, you know, virtual spaces become more and more prevalent and more and more relevant to to people. Um, you know, I look at, you know, kids going to school and having all these actions and in inside of a, what would otherwise be, you know, originally for me, like I look at a virtual world like a game, right? And it's sort of a non-consequential environment. Your character can live, your character can die, but you just, you know, you walk away and it's and it's gone. Um, and, I, and I look at these NFT art ownership pieces and I think about the current state of social media and the internet and how people use art online today. You know, we have a profile picture on our social media, uh, maybe our, our, our account picture, something of that matter. And what is Portion doing to, to integrate these NFTs or how are you bringing your platform together with existing platforms that are already in the marketplace today? So one of the core aspects of of Web3 and DeFi, you know, decentralized finance, is that these platforms work together. You know, there's open source technology and there is a sort of glue between everything. So we use open source wallets, we use wallets that other platforms use, and we make it as seamless as possible to, you know, utilize um, and store your NFTs on OpenSea, but still have that same wallet access your NFTs on Portion, on Super Rare, and on other marketplaces that exist in the space. Okay, so it's a pretty easy system. I'm thinking about that kind of naive user who might be listening right now, who's interested in owning an NFT and sort of dipping their toes in. Do you have a good? Well, I mean, I'm 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 gonna guess you do, but what is the onboarding process like? And you know, how many steps would it take from the average person 
uh, you know, to sit down in front of a computer until they are the proud owner of a, a shiny new original piece of art or, or otherwise? Well, the first thing would be to make sure you have a wallet. Um, I always recommend the MetaMask wallet just because it's an extremely popular Chrome um, and Firefox extension. I can, um, I can totally just, agree. I've used it with one for years. Cool. And it's, I mean, it's pretty easy. The The hardest part in the hurdle for new users would probably be getting um, some ETH because for every transaction, you need to have Ether, which is the um, the token um, majorly used, as, as you know, on, on the Ethereum blockchain. Absolutely. And, you know, someone might have to go to Coinbase, connect the bank account, wire, you know, US dollars in. Then once they receive the ETH, then they can transport that to the MetaMask wallet where they can make any purchase on any NFT marketplace. Yeah, I think it's great, especially the fact that Ether's on sale right now. So, uh, you know, it's... Big sale uh, down quite tremendously. You know, this thing, crypto goes in waves. It's very volatile. And, absolutely. You know, no, no one really has any idea what, what's going to happen next. No, I think that's... That's absolutely true. And I think that's one of the big challenges right now is is the market in general. And is that been a big motivating factor in diversifying from the marketplace aspect of NFTs and into the development into the the larger virtual spaces? Well, we started working with um, the, our metaverse activations about a year and a half ago. Um, I had heard about... Central in 2017 when they had their ICO and it just always been fascinated. It always seemed to me like it was one of the next big things. And so we started it pretty much before, you know, the big wave of like, you know, Facebook and Meta getting involved. Um, we started well before they got involved, but, you know, it's really just NFTs a couple of years ago were flat two-dimensional images and we see the metaverse as bringing these nfts into more of a, a three-dimensional reality you know and what ownership means in the metaverse and having them backed by nfts to a lot of people it makes a lot of sense absolutely absolutely and and i, and I think about about that and, I, and, and you talk about facebook and this massive push towards even just sort of owning the term metaverse and have you been able to collaborate or at least have contact and discussions with some of these large tech companies and does that back-end um, open technology and collaborative future still exist does it feel like the you know that the future is bright between between the biggest tech players and you know some of our i think most exciting and interesting companies such as portion the, the startups and the, maybe the small medium-sized corporations what is the the future of collaboration looking like in the industry? And, and do you see, you know, bright things ahead? I do. You know, there's a rapid shift between Web 2 and Web 3 technologies. And we can only hope at this point that that collaboration from these larger companies, you know, an open source mentality and, and mindset is here to stay. Um, I know that there's trendsetters in Web3 who are opening and paving these these new pathways for this sort of collaborative mentality. And at this point, we can only hope. Yeah, absolutely. So there's no big uh, announcements at this time as far as, you know, partnerships with any of these companies, because I really I really believe in that uh, in that direction. And I really think that there's such a wide open possibility this open-ended possibility for 
you know what what this what the what the landscape of the metaverse could look like in you know in in 10 years and 15 years when when things have really developed and really matured and and I don't know I was just prying trying to see what kind of uh you know interesting things might be on the horizon as well well I can say for us specifically we had a really cool partnership with Philip Klein who's um you know a, a luxury clothing line um and what they wanted to do is birth a new brand in the metaverse. So we, we did wow. that for them and we helped them create their first fashion line in the metaverse. We assisted them to, um, to sell digital sneakers, to sell digital out outfits and, and other sorts of assets that could be worn and adorned on avatars in the metaverse. Oh, I, I think that's incredibly important to bringing in people such as gamers into this space because I really think they're going to be some of the individuals who pave the way for the for the general population and you know I've experienced these three-dimensional access points even through a browser and having a generic avatar is still you know an engaging experience but when you're able to customize and utilize real fashion items and really having that personal expression I think it's really so so important for for the uptake for the average person to to feel bought in and to feel that that avatar truly is a representation of themselves and I think that extends right alongside of of that NFT concept and I think it's just so exciting that you guys are are sort of leading the way maybe quietly I mean not everyone has heard of this and that's part of why I love to talk to people like you Jason so that we can get this message out and help people understand what it is that's going on, that it's not just, you know, people getting hacked. Of course, with any new technology, there's some growing pains. But I think beyond that, this is this is truly going to be the future for my kids and their their children. And uh, and I and I think that it's it's important work, right? And I'm I'm really thankful that you chose to take some time to talk about it with me. And what other aspects? Would you like to discuss? Because I know you guys have done some incredible celebrity collaborations. I mean, I, I don't think it would be right to have this conversation without discussing some of that and letting people know really the the high level buy in that's already occurring uh, out there in in the real world. Yeah. So we did in the past year um, collaborations with Wiz Khalifa, Two Chains, Tohi. Um, we did something with Apple from the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, nice. Um, we had one piece with Virgil Abloh about a year ago. It was a digital skateboard, which was rather fascinating. How do you, how does the end user experience a digital skateboard? What do you, do you ride it? Do you hold it? Do you hang it on a wall? Like, what is the the sort of use case for that? So this one specifically, this was. Um, a physical skateboard was delivered to the end user, but oh. the actual digital piece, right, was just a, a two-dimensional NFT at the time. And we didn't do anything um, after because of um, the unfortunate passing of Virgil, but it could have, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like, so we didn't, it wouldn't have been rights to, to do anything without any permission there, but it, 
things like that can expand to being actual digital skateboards or digital assets in a metaverse like Decentraland or Sandbox. I should have also said, um, I should have mentioned Stevie Williams, who it was Stevie Williams and Virgil Abloh who did that. I didn't want to leave Stevie out of it. And Decentraland, I mean, you guys are pretty major players in that well-established and well-known aspect of, of the metaverse. Tell me a little bit more about uh, Decentraland and where Portion fits in there. Yes, yeah, so Decentraland is a partner of ours. Um, we did the, um, the metaverse fashion week with them. We're teaming up to do the um, art week with them in August. Nice. And, you know, Decentraland is personally my favorite metaverse. It was one of the first. Um, it was also the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that land became scarce because of blockchain technology. Any other metaverse before that, because of the scarcity and cryptography of the blockchain, it, it just it wasn't possible to make land scarce. Now, just um, to clarify, is that related to the similar concept in that Bitcoin only has a finite number of coins that can be minted and then the mining process is essentially completed? Exactly. So there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins. Um, and, and the same thing for Decentraland. There will only ever be 10,000 parcels of land. I think that's so important for the average person in understanding where the value comes in. Because when we talk about, you know, six, seven-figure purchases of digital land, I do, I do believe that for the average, perhaps non-digitally inclined individual, I think that seems almost surreal. I think it seems fanciful and I don't, know how to how to really convey that message and i think we're we're really touching on an important aspect of it right now that scarcity of the physical well the, the digital the digital crypto side yeah it, it is a big mouthful and there is there is a lot of resistance people always ask me well why can't decentraland create more land you know, and that's and the answer is well, it's it's because they said that they won't. It's because they said there's only going to be ten thousand, and the community is revolving around this digital scarce ten thousand tokens that exist today. And it's it, it boils down at the end of the day, truly boils down to to the math and the cryptography behind it. And that's and that's a difficult uh, lesson to bring to school, um, but I mean, I think it's super exciting and. This kind of partnership with Decentraland. Is there other entities that Portion is partnered with? Other other groups that you think are really going to play a big part in this in this development process? I, I'd say um, Publicis Sapient is uh, is an amazing partner of ours. They. I'm they sorry. What was their name? I, I apologize. I missed that. Publicis Sapient. Okay. And you know they they have amazing brands they work with ranging from, you know, Samsung to other similarly large companies and brands like them, brands like, you know, L'Oreal, et cetera, they're showing an interest in having activations in the metaverse and Publicis Sapient is, is bringing those dreams and visions of these brands they work with to market. That's fantastic. So, so I, I see them as a really key player in this okay. next wave of, of the metaverse and digital collectibles and NFT drops and collaborations. I think it's fantastic. Honestly, it is so exciting, uh, Jason. So that that's kind of the the upcoming. 
if I missed any major details, because I find this subject so interesting, um, and sometimes I kind of have a, a narrow focus. I, I get in on one idea and I really want to get deep on it, but I know it's a broad topic and there's many different interests. Um, is there some unknown or undiscussed yet nugget that you, uh, you think really would be exciting for the listeners to know about? Well, I think it's really important for the gaming community to know that you know, when this technology really starts to take off, there's there's going to be real stakes. There's going to be real finances involved with playing a game. You know, and I'm, I'm looking at games like Star Atlas, you know, built on the blockchain, ships that represent themselves as NFTs, you know, clothing that represents themselves, crew that represent themselves as, as NFTs. And the stakes are real. And I think, and this might be kind of presumptuous, but I, I think that in the future, no one's ever going to play a game for, for free. You know, Do they to just spend even their now? Time. I think. Right, yeah. Well, oh, you mean to earn, to actually to earn a profit yeah. through action. I think that's the future through the metaverse, through NFTs. And I don't think anyone's ever going to be playing a game in, in the next decade, let's say, just to be safe, to not receive anything. You know, because time I, I is so valuable. People, right. So I think there, there's going to be real economies that develop because of this technology. I think people are going to be getting paid a tremendous amount based on their skill set in that particular game. And I think the stakes are going to be so real that if your character dies in the game or if your ship explodes, you lose all of your NFTs. You lose all of, all of those hard earned assets, just like you would in, in the traditional physical world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's where the buy-in comes from from the regular person is that there's there's more meaning to a virtual space than there might be today. You know, for today, today it might just seem like it's, um, you know, sort of wasted entertainment, casually scrolling, flip, 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 you know, looking at, at simple things. But when you have an investment in it and you have that that physical mm -hmm. cash involved um, or your, your hard-earned mind or otherwise acquired cryptocurrency... Uh, and you lose that, um, mm -hmm. that's a totally different experience. And I, I see where the appeal comes in, just like a casino or just like a job or just like an investment that you have, even, you know, the purchase of a of a lottery ticket, you know, once you have skin in the game, it, it, wants, it makes you want to be a bigger part of that game. Definitely. And I think what we're going to see is more and more, there, there's going to be, more of a mirror between what happens in the physical world and the metaverse. You know, so we're going to approach the asymptote of everything that happens in the mirror in the metaverse has these real world like stakes and just closer and closer gets to, to being what life's like in the physical universe. I couldn't agree more. I honestly couldn't agree more. And I think it's just a matter of time, honestly. How do my listeners, how do our listeners, how do they meet up with you and your community? Is there, a, is there a gathering place for, for Portion, uh, web page, social media, that type of thing? Yeah, so Portion.io is a good place to start. That's the auction house where we have NFT drops. And from there, there's links to our Discord community, to our Twitter, and um, even directly to our museum in the metaverse, if you want to check that out and, and walk around Decentraland a bit. That's really fantastic. I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait for this to become the thing that is the norm uh, across the board. But at the same time, it is incredibly special, you know, to be able to speak with you and, and founders of this industry 
And, you know, is there any parting words, uh, Jason, or or a message that you wanted to bring um, before we take off? Well, Matthew, I'm just very thankful for your time, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And for everyone else out there, you know, just be careful. And, and don't, of course, the, the old saying, don't spend what you can't afford to lose because this is the Wild West and it's all very raw and it's all very experimental, but it's all extremely exciting at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Jason. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you, Matthew. Have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed this episode and you're looking for more or you want to connect with Exploring the Metaverse, contact me via Gmail, exploringthemetaversetogether at gmail.com. Yes, that's exploringthemetaversetogether at gmail.com. Give me your comments, feedback, questions, and concerns, and especially if you're interested in being interviewed or you know of a great match for me to interview, please let me know. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks again for listening. And hey, don't forget to leave a review on your favorite platform of choice. Have a great day.